Hello, my name's Mike. I'm a maiden fan. Welcome to my show. This is the Maiden Fan Podcast. Yeah, I can't believe it either. Here we are. Finally, back together again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Maiden Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey C., and it's uh, been a couple months. It has been a couple months, and, but, I, but for good reason. Um, at work, it has been insane. Where I work, we, we, we are redoing our entire website. And our office, the team I'm on, that's our job, the website. So day in, day out, all day, all night for a good month, it was nothing but work. Uh, seven days a week. And uh, obviously, I couldn't really do any real planning or recording. Uh, and then, you know, just things happen where you have to go to work, and then you come home, you don't have time. Uh, then you're off, uh, you have adventures with your family and stuff that comes up that you just, uh, you just can't find the time to do things. And then you have some vacation days. But your wife plans things. And you're like, no, I want to stay home and record a podcast. That doesn't fly. Um the dream is true. So I've been working on this podcast for a little while, working on this episode, and finally, I'm finding time to record. And today is the day that hardwood floors are being put in on part of my house. So this morning, I, I'm trying to record and just banging loud noise. I'm thinking, okay, this isn't going to work. I'm going to take my dog for a walk, take my portable recorder with me, and record everything uh, in the car, my portable studio. And uh, no, that didn't work because I forgot my headphones, so I couldn't do that. And uh, it leads me back home. I'm on the back deck right now. I'm outside. It's a pretty beautiful day in the end of April 2019 out here in the uh, northern suburbs of Boston. I would say closer to New Hampshire than Boston, just to give you an idea of where in the world I am. Um, And here we are to finally talk about a new episode uh, but before we do, you know, I, I, I wrote down a few notes of some things that have been going on in the world of Iron Man, just to give you an idea where we are. Um, ooh, listen to that. So, you know, um, Maiden has been listed for Rock and Rio's uh, Metal Night, and I saw an article that Maiden sold out that Metal Night in less than two hours. Now, if that doesn't tell you the power of metal and the power of Iron Maiden, uh, nothing will. These guys have been around for almost 40, well, over 40 years as a band, but almost 40 years of putting out records. And um, they seem to not want to stop. They seem to, uh, uh, you know, keep going, keep going at the same level that they've been going at as uh, since they were in the 80s. Um, you know, they haven't changed. Uh, they, their styles change here and there, but they haven't changed. They haven't. They don't tune down live. That's my number one uh, pet peeve with some of these bands. You hear them. You're hearing Bruce sing it just like he's saying it, you know, on the record. And uh, speaking of Bruce, uh, he had a real nice um, honor bestowed upon him. He was made an honorary citizen of Bosnia's capital, Sarajevo. Uh, it was an honor bestowed upon him after he performed a concert there while Sarajevo was under siege during the 1992 to 1995 war, which is pretty awesome of Bruce. Uh, there's actually a um, 
a documentary. I have not seen it yet, but I want to. It's called Scream for Me, Sarajevo. It kind of covers, you know, Bruce and his band going into a war-torn... Uh, is that a helicopter going over my head? Never mind. Um, going over a war-torn Sarajevo, going over to it and, and performing a concert while, you know, shit is going down, which is, which is uh, pretty awesome. That is a plane flying overhead. Now, and it's windy out, so my script almost blew away. Yes, I wrote a script. Um, it's more talking points. You know, I write it out, and then I just kind of talk. Okay? All right? Please don't. Ooh, I wonder if that's Ed Force One flying overhead. Now, another thing that happened was um, 39 years ago. A little more than 39 years ago, because this happened uh, earlier. I think it was last month or a few weeks ago. But it was 39 years ago that Iron Maiden released their debut album. The title of that album was Iron Maiden. And the singer featured on that album is the topic of today's episode, Paul Diano. On May 17, 1958, Paul Andrews was born in Chingford, London, England. Born in a London town in 58. His father is Brazilian, and Diano actually has dual British and Brazilian citizenship. He grew up in England, spending much of his years as a teenage singing in, teenager singing in various bands while working also as a butcher and a chef. Now, it's around this time in uh, in the late 70s that uh, Iron Maiden was looking for a new vocalist. Does anyone know the name Paul Day? Because I certainly didn't know that. Technically, this Paul was the first Paul, uh, the first vocalist of Iron Maiden. So if anyone tries to trick you by asking who is the first singer of Iron Maiden, just say Paul, because you'll probably be right either way you look at it. Now, according to Steve Harris, this first Paul lacked energy or charisma on stage, and he was quickly replaced by a name that I do know, Dennis Wilcock. Now, reading up on the band at the time, it's kind of crazy. Like, some guys didn't like Wilcock, so Maiden disbanded for a while. Then they got back together with the tweaked lineup, and then Wilcock and Dave Murray didn't get along, so Dave was let go, which I never knew. Uh, And this is, you know, according to my research, Wikipedia. Uh, And then Wilcock left, so Dave came back to the band. So basically, Iron Maiden was still a thing, still a vision that Steve Harris had, but uh, it still didn't have a vocalist to front the band. And now that all changed after a chance meeting at the Red Lion Pub in November of 1978. That That turned into a successful audition for Paul Andrews. The second Paul, uh, who's going by the stage name now, Paul Diano. Always, to me, it seemed like that would be the opposite. Like someone has a, a name, Paul Diano, and uh, maybe they go for a more straight-laced name, like Paul Andrews. But maybe it's just that Diano sounds so exotic. 
and according to, again, my research, uh, Diano said his name was, you know, uh, Italian descent. But if that's not his name, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to do my best. This is a quote from Paul Diano. And maybe I should do a Paul Diano accent just to really be offensive or try to be a British man. Uh, man, I haven't lived in England for 20 years. I now live in Brazil. Well, from my name, you probably guessed that I'm of Italian descent. And Brazil has millions of people of Italian ancestry. Probably even more than the Spanish and the Portuguese. I also have family out there, but I've lived there since 1998. Previously, I was living in L.A., and that's where I've been most of all the time. I came back to England for three weeks and hated it so... I hated it, so I fucked off back to L.A. Most of my friends are Latin, and despite being born in London, I am first and foremost a Latino. I'm, like... I, didn't, I had no idea. He's, he like, I had no idea he had half Brazilian descent. I had no idea he considered himself Italian and Latino and Brazilian. And I guess Brazilian and Latino are Brazilian is part of Latino. I don't know. I, I'm gonna. I don't want to be offensive. That's just what he said. That's a quote from Mr. Diano itself. Um, it's funny because Diano sounds Italian and maybe could be Brazilian, but Andrews, like, where did that come from? Is that really his born name, Paul Andrews? Unless it was Paul Andrew Diano, and I totally read it wrong. Either way, I'm sticking with it. Now, now Steve Harris said about Paul, um, <laughs> I don't have quotes, so let me, I don't have audio of this, so I'm going to be like, or oh, is the sort of quality of Paul's voice, the raspiness in his voice, or whatever you want to call it, it just gave him a great edge. Well, finally, Iron Maiden had the lineup that they were happy with. And a couple of months later, on New Year's Eve of 1978, they recorded their first demo that all Maiden fans know today, as the Soundhouse Tapes. The demo started to get lots of play at the Bandwagon Heavy Metal Soundhouse Club. And this version of Prowler that you're hearing ended up going number one in the Soundhouse charts, which were published weekly by Sounds Magazine. Lots of sounds. Soundhouse, Soundhouse charts, Soundhouse tapes, Sounds Magazine. Uh, Maiden actually ended up releasing the demo uh, on their own and sold a bunch of them. Uh, and the demo is even how they got their first manager, Ron Smallwood. Oh, wait, wait, did I say first manager? No, no, I meant only manager. Because, of course, you all know, Ron still manages the band today. The demo eventually led to Maiden signing their first record deal with EMI in December of 79, just one year later, back when I was a young but very handsome three-year-old. So think about it. December of 78, uh, they record their demo just a couple months after Diano joins the band. December of 79, they sign a record contract. And only four months later, in April of 1980, the first Iron Maiden record is released.
Although Steve Harris is known as the main songwriter of Iron Maiden, I don't think he's ever written every song on an album, including this debut. In fact, uh, Paul Diano is credited with co-writing two songs with Harris. The dreary Remember Tomorrow and the more upbeat Running Free. Diano, who wrote the lyrics for this song, describes it as very autobiographical song, though of course I've never spent the night in an L.A. jail. It's about being 16 and, like it says, running free and running wild. It comes from my days as a skinhead. What? Is a skinhead something different in England than it is in the United States? I don't know, but I, I did not. I, I think it's more like a punk thing maybe in England. I hope it is. But hearing that was like, what the hell did I just read? Running Free was actually the first ever single released by Iron Maiden. The second and only other single on that first record is this. Now, according to Dave Ling, a contributor for Classic Rock and Metal Hammer, Sanctuary was originally written by guitarist Rob Angelo, a member of Iron Maiden back in 1977, and it was paid 300 pounds for the song's rights. But from 1998 onwards, the song is credited to Dave Murray, Steve Harris, and Paul Diano. So I guess technically Paul's not credited with three songs on the album? It's weird because when I went to Iron Maiden's website to see what they have listed, uh, Sanctuary isn't even listed on the first album. So, did you know that Sanctuary wasn't actually on the original re- release in the UK of uh, the original Iron Maiden album? It was uh, on the US North American version, and then later on all the remasters of, the, uh, of all the remasters of the first album. So anyway... Uh, Paul and his band put out their first album, did a bunch of touring in the UK, opened up for Judas Priest and Kiss along the way. Uh, And along that time, uh, guitarist Dennis Stratton was removed and replaced with Adrian Smith. And less than a year before their self-titled debut album, Iron Maiden with Paul Diano, released in February 1981, their second album, and remember this title for later, Killers. This title track of the album is the only song on the entire album not written solely by Steve Harris. In fact, many of these songs for this record were written even before the first record was released. But why did I choose this song, other than it being amazing? Because it was co-written by the man of the hour himself, Paul Diano. 
So think about this. Paul joins the band in 1978. A couple months later, they put out a demo. They get signed in 1979. They put out a record in 1980 and do a UK tour. They put out another record in 1981, and they embark on a world tour. And this tour went from February all the way to the end of 1981 for most of the band. By 81, Paul really started demonstrating self-destructive behavior, particularly due to his drug use. Diano himself has said, It wasn't just that I was snorting a bit of coke, though. I was just going for it nonstop, 24 hours a day, every day. The band had commitments piling up that went on for months, years, and I just couldn't see my way to the end of it. I knew I'd never last the whole tour. It was just too much. He was right. In September of 81, Paul Diano performed his last concert with Iron Maiden. It was that same month some other guy named Bruce was hired to replace him, and the tour resumed. In Diano's own words, in a terrible accent uh, of me doing an impression, it's like having Mussolini and Adolf Hitler on the band, because it's Ron Smallwood and Steve Harris, and that's it. There can't be anyone else, and my character's too strong for that. So Diana was paid out by Ron Smallwood uh, at the end of his departure, and actually he does not receive any royalties of any Iron Maiden songs to this day. So you all know what happened to Iron Maiden from there, but what the hell happened to Paul? Although he was no longer the frontman of Iron Maiden, Paul Diano is still a singer. He is still a performer. And in 1983, he was back with his own band. They originally wanted to call it Lone Wolf, but there was another band with that name. So guess what they call it? If you just said Diano out loud, you win. is a bit of a departure, if I do say so myself. Uh, this band, Diano, is made up of Paul and a bunch of names that I really don't recognize. Uh, maybe they mean something to you. Lee Slater on guitars, PJ Ward on guitars, Kevin Brown on bass, Mark Venables on keyboard. That sounds familiar for some reason. Uh, and then Frank Noon on drums, who replaced Dave Irving from the album lineup. So they had a couple of drummers, uh, but they only had one album. And uh, it's, it is very different from Iron Maiden. This first song that I was just playing is called uh, Flaming Heart. And uh, this song right here that I'm going to play right now is called Heart User. Heart User. 
this stuff is very 80s rock sounding. And before you say to yourself, there are two songs on this album with heart in the title, let me just say to you, no. There are three. a lie these songs are kind of fun they're very light hearted for lack of a better word it sounds really like a lot of the popular acts of the time but maybe they were just too much like the acts of the time for this diano band to break through maybe paul diano came with some weird baggage that this just felt so different from what he was doing with iron maiden i mean the last time he sang so much about a woman her name was charlotte and you know maybe that's why this band didn't last very long. Because by 1985, they were done for. After Paul uh, disbanded the Diano band, he went on to sign with a quote-unquote supergroup put together by producer Jonathan King, best known for discovering the group Genesis back in the 60s. Uh, King put together a lineup featuring Paul Diano, bassist Neil Murray, guitarist Pete Willis, And let's see if you recognize these two names. The late great drummer Clive Burr and the eternally young guitarist Yannick Gers. This group was called Gog Magog. Okay, I had to actually slow down and read it. Gog Magog. Uh, I think it has something that's like a biblical term or something. I don't know. Uh, But it looks like it was just a bunch of hired hands put together to record songs that were written by King and musician Russ Ballard. Diano says that this project was quote-unquote nothing and that he really only did it for the money. And although nothing else ever came of it, they did put out a three-song EP featuring the track I Will Be There. I really like that song. That sounds really familiar, very catchy. Maybe just because it was, you know, one of those songs of the time. And Russ Ballard it does is known for writing some catchy songs. Um, so Gogamog was really a one and done job, and uh, Diano's namesake band was no more. 
It's 1985, and you know Paul just keeps going. He formed a new band called Strike with guitarist D. Ral. Literally, his name is D E E. Uh, uppercase R A L or capital R A L, D Ral, but all one word. I've never heard of him, but I typed in his name on YouTube, and I assume it's the same guy. There's this guitarist who seems to be really good, uh, but he does almost more like jazzy kind of guitar and classical. Um, but you know, not everyone stays with the the same music you were playing in the '80s. Uh, anyway, Strike was quickly renamed Battle Zone. And had a bunch of people coming and going and leaving the band. Uh, and D-Rail and Diano ended up putting two albums out under this band name. Well, I say under this band name, but on the records it actually says Paul Diano's Battle Zone. So maybe that's the actual title of this album. Anyway, the first album that they put out was called Fighting Back. I gotta turn that down. Sorry, I gotta cut that off early. Uh, I like that. It has more of a maidenly sound. Definitely heavier than what Paul was doing, but the audio quality of what I found was garbage. So I, I can only listen to it so much. So that was the first album they put out. That was on the first album, and it's called uh, Fighting Back. Uh, and then, of course, what do you do when you put out one album? Well, you start working on the second album. And they put out uh, their second album called Children of Madness. Okay, is it safe to say that's kind of sucks? Um, I mean, that sounds just about as generic as it gets. And the video, yeah, it's, it seems also very kind of generic, late 80s, just nothing. Check it out on YouTube if you can. Now, the Wikipedia listing for this album says, quote unquote, the album achieved commercial success with a footnote that leads to a link to a page where I find no mention of this commercial success. So I don't know if that even makes any sense. I don't know. Maybe Paul himself learned how to edit Wikipedia uh, listings. You know, I wonder if I was a Maiden fan uh, at this time. I wasn't yet for another two years. 
would I have been aware of this music? Would I be following Paul Diano outside of um, Iron Maiden like I followed Bruce? Like I followed Adrian Smith. I bought his album back when I was in eighth grade. Listened to it on the Washington trip. Washington, D.C. Um, you know, I don't know. Would I have listened to this? Would I have liked it? I didn't even know who Paul Diano was at this time. I definitely didn't know who Battlezone was. And looking back at it now, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't at least listen to this album because this song does nothing for me. But anyway, Battlezone only lasted until uh, 1989. But it wouldn't be the last time you hear that name. So hey, guess what? I don't want to know either. It's the 90s. 1990. The year I started high school. The year Paul Diano started yet again. Another name. With a very familiar name. Oh, but before that, 1990 was also the year that Iron Maiden and former guitarist Dennis Stratton joined the British heavy metal band Praying Mantis for a tour in Japan. Thank you. We'd like to uh, bring on a very good friend of ours. Would you please welcome... Paul! admit Paul still sounds pretty good there live I mean this is only 1989 1990 uh, early 90s I don't know it's around that time um, but you know that that guttural voice that is Paul Diano and um, I don't know really anything about praying mantis I feel like the name sounds familiar maybe because of the bug right isn't the praying mantis a bug an insect of some sorts oh, I don't really know um, but um, I guess after this live record with Diano, uh, Praying Mantis had prayed their last prayer. But uh, and I'm guessing this song was called Are You Hot Tonight? And although he did sing, you know, I'm assuming some Praying Mantis songs again, I don't know much about anything. You bring Paul Diano out on stage, uh, you're going to have him do some Maiden songs. I mean, aren't you? We're going to try and make this the best live album ever. And you guys are going to help. See if you know this song. 
Ooh, that baseline is wrong. You know, if Bruce Dickinson was an animal, he would be my spirit animal. Uh, he is far and away my favorite vocalist in the world. And I love when he does these songs live. But there's just something about Paul Diano's voice playing these songs that just feels right. It feels like a, like a nice, warm, ripped-up blanket. So even though Praying Mantis uh, was no more, fear not, less than a year later, a drummer by the name of Steve Hopgood contacted guitarist Cliff Evans and a vocalist by the name of Paul Diano. Yes, that same Paul Diano that I've been talking about for about a half an hour, um, to form a new band. Ooh, that whale in the background, that sounded pretty great. That band had a name. And that band's name is, wait for it, Killers. See, I told you that name would come up again because I'm, I'm about 95% sure that they weren't named um, after the Kiss record of the same name. Now, this band, Killers, played mostly covers at first. Uh, they put out a, an, an album of live cover material, of course, including Maiden Tunes. Uh, but... The great and powerful Wikipedia says that Killers played a showcase for a bunch of record companies. And after playing only Maiden songs like Phantom of the Opera and Wrathchild, a rep from BMG was so impressed he signed them, not aware that these songs had been previously recorded, you know, by Iron Maiden. Now I'm going to tell you, I have no idea if that is real. I have no idea if that is true. But if it is, it's a great story. Um, so, and it's a, it's, it just says a bad thing about record companies. Uh, and it just, if, even if it's just folklore of metal, I love it. So now you have a record deal. Now it's time to record all your songs, right? No, 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 no. For Killers, now it's time to write an album. You have a record deal. Let's write an album. So they took a couple weeks and they wrote what would be their first album, 1992's Murder One.
You've got to watch them. Be quick, go, be dead. I don't know. It just reminded me of that for a second. Oh, it's windy. Almost blew my script away. So they put out an album, Murder One. There was a subsequent tour to support the album. After which, Paul stayed in the U.S. while the rest of the band went back to the U.K. He married a British girl, did some drugs, divorced that girl, moved across the country to L.A. with a new girlfriend. Then he got arrested for spousal abuse after a fight broke out that involved cocaine and a knife. And I'm just going to tell you that anytime cocaine and a knife are involved in anything, unless that knife is used to cut up the cocaine and you're having a party. No, anytime cocaine and a knife is, used, is, is involved in anything, uh, it's probably going to end badly. Uh, so uh, our, our man, Paul Diano, spent the next four months in jail um, after he was branded by a judge as, quote-unquote, a menace to society. Uh, we'll refer to that as the first time Paul went to jail, and I'm not even sure if that's true. But So anyway, what else does a musician do when he's in jail? Obviously, you write music for your next album. After Paul got out of jail, he was promptly deported out of the U.S. and back to the U.K. Now back with his bandmates, it's time to record a new Killers album. And of course, the title of that album, Menace to Society. Metal Hammer Germany called this the best new album of 1994, but I don't know. I, I listen to it and it uh, makes me want to smoke a dime bag if you catch my drift. I'm not the uh, originator of, I'm, I made that joke up, but I'm not the originator of the fact that some people said it sounded a little too uh, Pantera-ish. Um, but again, this is 1994, this is when Pantera is like at their height. So Killer's... Went through a bunch of lineup changes over the years. They went on tour. Then it was rumored that Paul wanted Clive Bernard to play drums. Uh, But he was already too sick with uh, multiple sclerosis. And sadly, Clive passed away in 2013. Eventually, they disbanded in 2004. Now, Cliff Evans, the only other original member of the band, formed his own record company called Soundhouse Records. I mean, are they still writing on the maiden name, Soundhouse Records? Uh, he re-released all the Killers albums and live recordings through this label. Meanwhile, Paul made the two Killers records available for free for download on his website. And following some legal actions, Evans was forced to stop selling Killers material altogether. Now, as late as 2013, Paul Diano himself was talking about the fact that there is a new Killers album in the works. New Killers album coming out 2014, The Lazarus Syndrome, because we're rising again. So, I don't know if you guys are aware, but it is 2019, and um, I see no 
Lazarus Syndrome out. Um, that's rough when you announce something and then it never happens. I think at the end of Airplane 2, they said coming soon, Airplane 3. That never happened. And I don't know why that's the first thing I thought of. But, um, you, you know, as far as I can tell, Killers is no more. I mean, that, that video was weird because they... Um, it looks like it was a promo video. They were talking about a killer's box set, the two albums, the live recordings. Uh, and then it was interspersed, interspersed intercut with uh, uh, Paul Diano uh, talking about it. And I played a clip from him talking. Uh, but it looked like they took a, an iPhone 4 and filmed Paul outside of, um, you know, on a, on a windy day at night uh, to talk about uh, this. This was like the, the most... I don't know if this was actually used for promo, but if it was, it was probably the poorly, the most poorly produced um, promo video that, uh, at least that I've seen, at least this month. I mean, you know, there are some bad ones out there, but this one wasn't great. And, of course, I don't even know if the box set happened. I mean, I'm guessing it did, probably, um, because he had he talked about actual dates of it being released. But as far as I can tell, this Lazarus Syndrome never happened um i'm starting to think it may never happen but before i leave killers behind completely um i need to play uh something uh, something from a, a little band they covered uh called t-rex only because i just friggin love this tune and i had no idea that paul was part of a cover of it So that was featured on the Murder One record, and I, I love that tune, uh, and I just couldn't ignore it, and I actually really enjoy this cover version of it. Um, I became aware of the tune, I'm not going to lie, I became aware of it from the movie Billy Elliot, where the boy the boy, the boy, boy does ballet, uh, and it just has an amazing soundtrack on it. Although Killers seems to be all done, um, Paul Diano, to me, he's like a shark. And by that I mean, it seems like he's always swimming forward. Always on the move. Always on to the next thing. And that next thing led him to go live in Brazil. And record an album with guitarist Paulo Turin under the name Nomad.
I gotta tell you, I dig this. I like the way this sounds. Um, fortunately, the album really didn't do anything outside of South America, literally, because it was not distributed worldwide. I guess it was just a local kind of Brazil, South American uh, thing. And I mean, it's not that's not bad. Paldiano has got Brazilian roots. He's lived in Brazil. You know, that's a big deal. Um, he actually ended up staying in Brazil um, for a couple of years, touring with a couple of young Brazilian musicians under the moniker Rockfellas. Yes, Rockfellas, like Goodfellas, but Rockfellas. Which, if you if if that was the name of a band in the United States, you would probably say, "How corny!" But when you're in another um, country, another world, another culture. You know, maybe the, the term doesn't seem as silly. Um, and this Rockfellas thing, I mean, as far as I can tell, they were basically just touring bars and, and clubs uh, doing cover songs, as far as I can tell. I said as far as I can tell twice, so I might as well say it a third time. It looks like Paul also toured around Norway with an all-Norwegian band for many of the late 2000s and the early 2010s. Um, it was actually uh, in late 2010. I'll get, I'll get to that next, actually. But around that time, in February 2001, Paul was convicted on eight counts of benefit frauds for claiming more than 45,000 pounds under false pretenses. He was sentenced to nine months in prison, but only served two of those months. However, a few months before going to jail, yours truly, Mikey C., traveled about an hour in a snowstorm with his brother to see Paul fucking Diano live in concert. It was in a club in Foxborough, Massachusetts, right next to where the Patriots play. So Paul played with a backup band called Icarus Witch. Now, Icarus Witch felt like a power metal band. Uh, they played a set first. Uh, which we showed up a little late for, only because it was a snowstorm. And then the Beast himself came out, and Icarus Witch stayed as his backup band. It was December 2010. I can hear it as if it was yesterday. (laughs) 
do 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 get you do 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 do. So that's not my recording. Um, I found it on YouTube, but it is from that night, and I'm almost positive I can hear myself going racha. Then I could see my head in the crowd. Those are both lies, but I'm definitely there. I'm definitely screaming. He ended up playing 16 songs that night, 11 of which, Icarus Witch, 11 of which were Maiden tunes. Uh, I have to admit, he he didn't look so great, but after a while, he he sounded great. You know, it took a little warming up because, again, the guy's not in the, the greatest of shape. Um, but he, uh, you know, like after one or two songs, he just sounded like Paul Diano. He looked like, a, you know, a big, chubby, bald guy. I guess that's what happened, happens to, to singers who leave Iron Maiden and don't come back. You know, Bruce left, uh, cut his hair and came back. Uh, and Blaze and Paul left and got bald and chubby. Um, uh, but... I don't care. I still think Blaze is great. Um, yeah, it sounded great once he started going, as I was saying. So, and now this was in 2010. I, then, of course, he went to jail, as I said. Uh, and, and in 2013, because of knee injuries, Paul Diano officially announced he was going to retire from music, which didn't last very long. Because in 2014, he recorded a track for the Hollywood Monsters, which is like, a, like not I wouldn't call it a super group because it's not like there's tons of like famous people in it. But uh, it's a group made up of guys from other groups, I think. Um, and, and then he ended up uh, recording a bonus track on their album with the title Fit for the Entire Family, A Fuck You All. gets me sad it makes me think of my grandmother she used to love the song she used to sing it all the time so the same year that Paul did this um, he actually started another project another band because that's what Paul does he just makes albums and makes bands boom 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 I had no idea he kept doing all this stuff I knew some of it but I didn't know that he was doing stuff all the way up until 2015 we'll get there um, about afterwards but in 2015, he put together a band called Architects of Chaos. I say chaos because chaos ends with a Z, which, if you don't know, means it's extra extreme.
another song that I kind of dig. I like it. Uh, you know, since then, Paul has toured Brazil a bit. Uh, he had to cut it short because of health reasons. He was supposed to tour again in 2016, but again, health, health reasons seem to uh, make that not happen. There was um, an article or a few headlines that I found uh, that was from 2016 that he says he was him saying, I do not have cancer, which is good, but it seemed like there was something health related going on that made him so he couldn't really tour uh, and kind of made him in bad shape. In, in 2017, Paul appeared on stage with the Iron Maidens, which is the all-female Iron Maiden tribute band, which I covered a million years ago on like the first, second or third Iron Maiden um, um, Maiden fan podcast. I found a clip of it on YouTube, uh, and he sounds pretty good, but doesn't look that great. He's singing from a wheelchair. Ooh. Well, I gotta say they really like uh, they really like him to sing Wrathchild a lot live. He he does that he does that great. Um, that's his song, man. Wrathchild is his friggin' song. Uh, you know, from there, I can't really find much. Uh, Paul did release an autobiography called The Beast, and of course, I didn't read it or get any of my information from there. I have to be perfectly honest. I got most of my information from Wikipedia and from some other sites. I wanted to paint a picture of Paul Diano that pointed out all the different projects that he worked on throughout the years. I'm sure I left out a bunch of things and got some facts wrong. Uh, and for that, I want to apologize. Uh, I was looking at Paul's official website, and it's, it says on it, news April 2019. But I don't know if that's just something that updates. Is that going to say news May 19 in, in next week? Because there's nothing listed under it. There's a link to his MySpace page, and there's a poster of an image. Uh, below that, it goes all the way back to 2015, uh, so the site really isn't up to date. I couldn't find a Twitter or Facebook or anything. Um, MySpace. I mean, let's be, well, listen to that shriek. From a wheelchair, he's still got it. Um, so I can't really find any current news on Paul. You know, the last thing I said before is I found a headline saying he does not have cancer. Uh, but, you know, that was, bef that was from 2016, before he was singing from a wheelchair. So what does the future bring for Paul? Only God and the beast himself knows. All I can say is thank you, Mr. Diano, for two amazing albums and for helping to shape the band that I've called my favorite for 30 years. Iron Maiden would not be Iron Maiden without you. So for that, I raise a glass in your name. Up the Irons. You know, at the end of that clip, he said, uh, you know, maybe I'll see you tour next year when my leg is sold out. Um, so maybe it was just a physical thing. Maybe it was just a leg thing. Um, but that was, again, 2017. So I have no idea. Uh, I just want to say very quickly, uh, 
credit-wise, obviously I have zero rights to any of the music I played today. Uh, all the clips and all the songs I played as a way of honoring Iron Maiden and honoring Paul Diano um, for personal review and, you know, just to share with you. All these things are, are readily available on YouTube. Um, and that's where I found everything. Uh, most of the information, again, I found on Wikipedia. Um, again, I don't know if that's the greatest source, but I am not what you would call a researcher. But I hopefully I brought together things uh, and, and brought some songs that you've never heard before. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, just a little bit about me. For those, if this is the first time you've listened, my name is Mike. I started this podcast over 10 years ago, and then I stopped it for many, many, many years. Then I started it again, and then I, I uh, took months again to finally get this episode up, and here I am. Here I am, here I am, and thank you for listening. The ways to reach me. The best way to reach me uh, is through Twitter, at Maiden Podcast. I'm always there. I'm on Twitter right now. Look, see, there I was. Uh, and of course, you can email me, Maiden at fansnotexperts.com. There's also a Maiden Fan Podcast hotline, the Beast Line, 91656-BEAST. That's 916-562-3278. Once again, that number is 916-562-3278. You can uh, leave me a voicemail. We're on Facebook at Maiden Podcast also. Twitter is Maiden Podcast. Facebook is Maiden Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, CastBox. You can subscribe directly through the website, which is fansnotexperts.com slash maiden. We have lots of great podcasts up there, and we also have a Metallica podcast my cousin does. That's um, probably the most popular podcast on the website, so check that one out, I guess, if you like that band. Um, you're probably going to hear me on that uh, again soon enough. He told me today. Ugh. Anyway, folks. Thank you for listening. My, my hope is to not uh, have another two months go by before a new uh, episode comes up. I, I would love to do uh, at least an episode a month. Marsh was a killer. It was a killer. So um, not to be confused with Killers, the album from Iron Maiden or the album from Kiss. Killers, the Paul Diano band, or The Killers, uh, with, I'm going to say, Brandon Flowers as the lead singer. I don't know why I know that. Um, but folks, I mean, it's going to be May next week. And after May is June, okay? And I'm going to tell you something really quick. June is when I do a podcast uh, called Geek Mentality. Every day in June, I watch a movie uh, and I podcast about it, a movie I've never seen before. So it's 30 movies, 30 podcasts, 30 days. Again, you can just find it at fans.experts.com. But June also leads to July. July, I don't know, just hang out and do nothing. Relax. But July leads to August. And August 1st. 2019, I will be seeing Iron Maiden live in concert at, I want to say, I used to call it Great Woods, oh, and then it was the Tweeter Center. I want to say the uh, Comcast Center, maybe is what it's called now, Xfinity Center. I don't know. It's in Mansfield, Massachusetts. I'll be there. I'll be uh, tailgating before then. I'll hopefully be running into a bunch of friends, and then I'll be going in and um, screaming for Bruce, because that's what I do. But today wasn't about Bruce. Today was about Paul, and I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope to have something for you soon. I thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and subscribing. And until next time, everybody do the same thing and up the iron.
Fans not experts.